Hey everybody and welcome to Ancient Ways for Modern Days. My name is Mike Freeman. So glad to have you join me as today we begin a brand new book. In fact, we begin a brand new genre. And so up to this point, we've been walking through the New Testament and we've worked through all four Gospels and we've worked through the book of Acts. And now today we are going to begin the letters, specifically Paul's letters. And, uh, and we're going to jump into Romans, Romans chapter 1, which uh, is oftentimes considered Paul's magnum opus of him laying out the argument for salvation. Now, uh, at this point, Paul, he, he had not been to Rome. He, uh, he was hoping to go to Rome. He had desire to go to Rome. But because he had not been there yet, it, it's often thought that the book of Romans is, is basically Paul's preaching platform. So if the Apostle Paul were to have been in Rome, this would have been basically his, <clears throat> his argument for salvation, his layout of what salvation entails. And, uh, and so, actually, it starts with this idea of, of the great need that mankind has, the great need that you have and the great need that I have, the great need that, that everyone has because, well, what we're going to see, we have, we have rebelled uh, against God. Uh, my seminary professor, I remember uh, years ago, he, he talked about how Romans is about righteousness, and uh, the, the book begins with this reality, this stark reality that we lack righteousness. We lack a right standing before God. And so the first few chapters, it, it's going to make that point very clear. Now today's text, um, today's text I think is maybe the foundational worldview text for any believer. There is so much... Uh, built into what the scriptures we're going to look at today teaches in terms of how how we see the world, how others see the world, how the world works, and ultimately how a right relationship and, and right standing before God works. And so uh, we're, we're going to look at a little bit of an extensive passage, verses 18 through 32 of Romans chapter 1. And, uh, and so I'm going to read and make comments as we do. And my hope today, remember this is ancient ways for modern days. My hope is that you will begin to see God's worldview as revealed in Romans 1 and it will impact the way you carry yourself about in the world today, the way you think, the way you process, your perspective on life. And so with, with that said, let's jump in. Romans chapter 1 starting in verse 18. Here's where it begins. It says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. So this is speaking of the, the reality of the world that God's wrath is being poured out from heaven upon all people because, because of ungodliness and unrighteousness. We've left God out and we, we do not stand rightly before him. In fact, not only have we left God out and not only have we, this is speaking about all humanity, not only have, do we no longer stand rightly before him, but we suppress the truth. We, we hinder the truth. We, we don't want the truth and we don't want others to speak the truth. This is how it's describing humanity. Verse 19. It says, for what can be known about God is plain to them. It says, everyone in the world, there is something that can be known about God that is he has made plain to everyone because God has shown it to them. 
What can be known about God is not plain to them because of their intellectual ability. It's plain to them because simply God is God and he says, I'm going to show something to you about myself and I'm going to make it abundantly clear. He has shown it to them. What has he shown? Verse 20, for his invisible attributes. There's, there are invisible things about God that he has made known to us. His invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world. This is what it says. It says that there are some things about God that are, that are even though they're invisible, there is a perception that mankind has when we look out, right? It says his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power, that there is a power that is eternal, that is that has always existed. And then divine nature, this eternal power, it is other, it is divine, it is not us. It says have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world. Simply put, God put his signature on his work. His work of creation reveals the creator. That, that's the point of, of this verse. It says, in all of creation, in the things that have been made, so that so they are without excuse. It says all, all of mankind, because God has put his signature on what he has made, it says that the world is full of those who are ungodly and unrighteous, they are without excuse, without excuse of knowing that there is a God. Verse 21, for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. This, they knew God, but instead of, of honoring God and instead of giving thanks to God, they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. They have decided to leave God out of the picture. They've decided to say, you know what? Even though I can look at creation and I can see the eternal power and the divine nature of the one who made all things, I am going to deny his existence. So this is step one of our minds becoming futile, weak, ineffective, and our hearts becoming darkened, desiring the wrong things, aiming after the wrong things. Verse 22, claiming to be wise, they became fools. In our world, those who, who laud themselves as the most intellectual or the wisest, they say, oh, I, I'll never believe in a God. I am too wise for that. This is verse 22, claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals. I'll just stop here just for a second longer. It's saying that they're, they, they're choosing to worship things that are created instead of the creator. It continues as creeping things. Verse 24, Therefore God gave them up in the lust of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. This God, when minds become futile and hearts become darkened, when, when the thinking becomes foolish and the desires become corrupted, God says, if you don't want me, I'll let you run. 
chasing after whatever it is that you think you want. The, the lusts of their hearts to impurity. Dishonoring of their bodies because they're exchanging the truth about God for a lie and they're worshiping creature. Typically worshiping themselves instead of worshiping the creator. Verse 26, for this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. For their women exchanged natural relations, relations with those for those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passions for one another, men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. This is speaking of, of rebellion against the created order, rebellion against the creation or the creator and then the created order. And this is this continual degradation of, of the way we think and of the things we want. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness. Listen, sometimes we want to just focus in on one kind of sin or one kind of evil that maybe is offensive to us. But look what it says. When we reject God, when we deny God, and he gives us over to a, a mind of futility and a heart of darkened passions, it says we're filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice, they're full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless, though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them but give approval to those who practice them. This is a heartbreaking passage, but this is a critical passage to understand. These last few verses we just read, this is our world today. We live in a world that has zero respect for authority, zero uh, laws and regulations, nothing morally holding them back. Basically, it says we're inventors of evil. That's our world today. And we can, we can be upset with, with all of the evil that we might see in the world today, but I want us to go back to the worldview issue. The worldview issue, the, the reason why the world today is, is continually speeding toward the cliff of destruction, it, it's because of the very beginning, the ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness. We leave God out. We deny God's existence. We don't want there to be a God because we don't want there to be a moral authority. We don't want anyone to tell us what to do. And so for this reason, God's wrath is poured out. And part of God's wrath is God turning a society over to, to whatever passions they have. See, the ancient way for the modern day, if we're going to bring this all together, the ancient way for our modern day is, is to examine our worldview and to, to consider the reality of who God is. He is the creator. He is the supreme authority. He is the one who creates the moral standard. And, and here's the, the deal. None of us live according to that moral standard. All of us can be lumped into this category of being unrighteous and suppressing the truth 
and ungodliness. This is the reality of every one of us. The book of Romans is going to paint this picture of beginning with how all of us lack the righteousness of God. And so because of that, we stand condemned. But this is what makes Romans so beautiful. Because even if all of those descriptors that we just read, you said, yep, I've done that, and I've done that, I've done that, oh, and I've done that, and you just, your heart is grieved. Hopefully your heart is grieved by your sin. What we're going to find is God provides his righteousness for us. God provides a right standing for us because of Jesus and his death and resurrection. And so if, if, you're, if you're listening and you are one who lives in Christ, you have trusted in Jesus' death and resurrection, the ancient way for our modern day right now, what I really would love to impress in your mind and your heart today to consider your worldview. Are you leaving God out? Are you saying, yes, I have Jesus, but you know what? I want these other things to be okay and these other sins I want to allow. You know what? We, we, we want you know, to, to be so accepting of people and so we, we should accept their sin. Don't buy into the cultural lie. Don't let your mind become futile in thinking. Don't let your heart become darkened in its passions. Instead, let's embrace all of the word of God as good. Let's embrace God's ways as God, good. Let's embrace God's authority as good. It, it is. It's how he's designed it. And let's be those who stand in righteousness because of Christ and then walk in godliness, not leaving God out, but, but, but including God in everything we think. This is, this is our worldview. This is our perspective. This is how we are called as those in Christ to think. This is the ancient way for our modern day.